Hello, it's the first DCM podcast of 2022. My name is Tom Linnae and this month on the DCM podcast, I'm joined by three people. Firstly, a fellow DCMer is Jeremy Colsar, who is DCM's creative director. We also have Jules Fuller, co-founder Brand Directors and Dr. Joe Devlin, Professor of Cognitive Neuroscience at University College London. This is an, this is an exciting trio. We'll get on to the more interesting people very shortly. But Jeremy, we'll start, we'll start with you. I mustn't interrupt. This is your second appearance on the DCM podcast. How's that happened? I don't know. I clearly didn't muck it up as much as I thought I did in the first one. And you're having me back. Or are you suggesting I should be on more? We'll make that decision at the end of this. <laughs> so before we get into my chat with Jeremy and Jules and Joe, we have some exciting DCM related news to discuss. I'd like to give an update on what's happening on the big screen. And last time I did that, it was back in sort of November. And we'd had some incredible stats about the performance of No Time to Die, which came out on September 30th. Now, I didn't think we'd have anything as big as that to discuss for quite some time. But it turns out just a couple of months later, Spider-Man No Way Home has not just matched the performance of No Time to Die. It's only gone and surpassed it. Here's a few stats so far. So to date, Spider-Man No Way Home has delivered 8.7 million DCM admissions. Now, that's more than No Time to Die. It's overtaken the final total of Avengers Endgame, which is currently the biggest, or until very recently, was the biggest comic book film of all time. It's overtaken Spectre, and then only Star Wars The Force Awakens and Skyfall have delivered more admissions since we've been collecting admissions data. So really remarkable performance. When you convert those admissions totals into um, industry admissions and use the latest film monitor data for Spider-Man No Way Home, you're looking at over 30, 16, 34 adult, 30, 16, 34 male, and over 30, 16, 34 female TVRs. These are remarkable numbers, aren't they, Jeremy? They are. They're huge. I mean, I I think they're, they're, from a film perspective, I think it's well deserved. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I personally probably enjoyed it a little bit more than no no time to die but yeah i think it was right time right film at the right time and we've got plenty more stories of those of that ilk on the way as well the doctor strange trailer dropped this week didn't it yeah feels like it's going to explore some similar things to spider-man doesn't it yeah it's an extension of it isn't it It, yeah no again i mean it's it's another another one of the marvel films that everyone's sure to roll out for and it's been a good couple of months for tom holland i mean i think tom holland's had i think he's had enough good months recently it's a bit unfair (laughs) isn't it the rising star isn't he he's been in obviously a lot of big films he's dating zendaya he's on a roll he's He's in uncharted as well which has just opened with pretty impressive numbers as well hasn't it you've seen it haven't you i have seen it yeah Yeah, we won't get into that Um, (laughs) he's been open to some pretty impressive numbers um video game adaptations have had a rough ride at the cinema haven't they i mean it's fair to say their history has been checkered at best yeah, I think it's we we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? It's 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 a really tricky tricky thing to do. I think converting a game into into a film. I think the the investment you have into the characters when you're playing a game. You know, we're, we're both gamers. We, we both played Uncharted, and I think it's a very different difficult thing to kind of translate into a film. I mean, look, if anyone's going to be able to do it, he's going to be able to, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll see. Clearly, there's going to be a franchise as well. And this so is we'll clearly an out and out success story now, isn't it? Because these numbers yeah. are, are ridiculous. It did over half a million emissions in its opening weekend. And uh, just to give you a bit of context, films like Tomb Raider and Assassin's Creed don't do much more than that across their entire run. So we're looking at not far short of two million admissions on the DCM estate for Uncharted. And so hopefully that means Uncharted 2 is coming. And as you've just mentioned, we love the games. I would like to see more from yeah. Nathan Drake and Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. And so let's not, for, let's not forget the Wahlberg, you know. Yep. <laughs> have you seen anything else at the cinema recently? Uh, what have I seen now? Um, I saw, saw June going back a little bit 
beyond Spider-Man, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. Um, but I think the one you're wanting me to talk about really is Sing 2. It is it? Sing 2, that's, yeah. That's the, that's the one I know you're leading me down this yeah. path. Put but, the uh, cross in and you yeah, head, I mean, headed for, it in. For, for reference to the audience, I have a seven-year-old son, so I'm, I'm not... Uh, did you take him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the third time. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about Sing 2. I, I just, I loved it. I really did. I think um, I think you're you're either into these films or you're not. And if you've got kids, then obviously you see a lot of other family films should I I'll put them into that category but yeah I think seeing the first thing I think caught everyone by surprise I think um you know the it's just a really really great feel-good film and I think they've they've kind of matched it again you know it's it's not the most highbrow thing you're ever going to see but it entertains kids and then the adults and I think that's exactly what a family film needs to do and how's Bono I mean Bono's Bono, you know, I mean, he's he's all right, you know. Okay. I don't, Does he have I don't a big think, role in I it? I wasn't I wasn't going to watch the film because Bono was in it. Okay. Um, I mean, he's he's the he's the kind of linchpin kind of character in the in the whole thing. So he plays a, a big kind of star of yesteryear that uh, that they're trying to bring back to to kind of bolster a big show that they're putting on. So, so okay. he's yeah, he's a bit of, bit of a recluse kind of character, but yeah, he he comes through at the end of it. Well, it's already the biggest animated film since cinemas reopened back in May. It's gonna surpass Peter Rabbit two to become the biggest family film since cinemas reopened Poor in Gordon. May. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a, again another unequivocal success story, yeah. and uh, it's great news for cinema. So, let's talk a little bit about your role at DCM. Yeah, creative director. Yes. Just tell us about what that entails. Uh, so I head up DCM Studios, so we're the in-house kind of creative team here. So I, I suppose, in short, we help brands kind of maximise potential of cinema. Um, once they've kind of invested into it, so you know, for brands within within the building, I suppose, then then we'll we'll generally work with them to to work out ways in which they can kind of maximise their campaign. So we do that through um, three pillars, really: is content, which I think we'll, we'll obviously come on to a bit later, but then content partnerships, and then kind of experiences, so kind of experiential kind of type activity. So we use all of the various different touch points across the whole whole of cinema to to kind of create bespoke campaigns for for brands. So DCM Studios is yep. the creative arm of DCM. Yep. It's been running for a few years now. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about it and some of the highlights that that you and DCM Studios have worked on. I think I mean of of recent times certainly the 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 kind of push we've been doing into the world of content has been probably the big the, the big highlights. I think you know we've been working with some fantastic brands contextualizing their their kind of ads for the for the kind of cinema experience um, and so you know working with brands like bt kfc natwest um to to create some what we think is, is some fantastic work and and it, yeah as, as i was saying before it's it's really about working with those brands to to kind of get the most out of cinema so what we've been seeing through this this contextual copy is we're seeing kind of key brand metrics you know nice nice graphs with arrows pointing up um for for the brand so you know we're we're, we're seeing this kind of working so campaign ran a story last month about a new initiative from dcm called dcm studios presents which is about a new branded content piece yes can you tell us a little bit about it and that is basically the whole reason we're all four of us are here today yeah, it is. It's a really exciting new project that we're undertaking with um, with Joe and Jules that we'll we'll come on to. So yeah, as I said, we've we've been we've been looking and exploring the world of content within cinema with with brands, and to do that, we've been say contextualising their copy. So what that has has inevitably meant is that we've been exploring our knowledge of the cinema 
and the film, sorry, the cinema space and the film releases. So, you know, we, we understand the films that are coming out two years in advance. So using that knowledge to be able to kind of work brands within those kind of themes of, of films is, is really the space that we've been, been working in. So for KFC, we made some imitation starts of films. For NatWest, we were doing a chase scene across the top of um, the Victorian Albert Museum in a kind of Mission Impossible style thing. So already you can see there's, there's quite a kind of film film tie, which is fantastic. There's never-ending films, never-ending stories, and never-ending opportunities there. But I, I always had it in the back of my head that there's something very unique about the cinema experience and very unique about the mindset that the, the audience are actually in. And was wanting to explore that with brands and, and really look at ways in which we could, again, maximise the potential, but, you know, do do some maybe some different things. And this was something I was grappling with kind of going into the pandemic. Jules and I had been been kind of talking about it and I suppose we were trying to kind of grapple with how we we kind of land it for brands, which is when we met up with Joe and the neuroscience part, which I'm going to let him kind of talk about because he's far more astute to this. But basically what we found is that really the cinema audience is in a very unique space. We can talk to them in a very different way than possibly uh, brands do within TV, which is obviously where the majority of our, our kind of ads come from. And this is us kind of coming out to market showing people that, you know, we're meaning business within branded content and we're really wanting to explore it with brands. So the Cinema Ad Reel has been in a fairly similar place for quite some time now. Mm -hmm. How do you see this fitting into the Ad Reel? At the moment, our, our kind of plan with this is that these films will be three minutes in length. We're going to put some nice idents around them to, to kind of give them a bit of um, space within the reels. But um, at the moment, we're saying that it will fit within what is currently our bronze spot. So that's at the end of the kind of standard ad reel. There's no reason why it can't go anywhere else, but that's the position that we've we've chosen. So it will hopefully become a bit of a, bit of a, I suppose, a destination, a bit of a lean forward moment within, within the reels. Um, as I said, we're going to be exploring from a production point of view what the differences are with with cinema and how how we can make the branded content specific for cinema, I suppose. You know, the, some of the conversations we've been having around, you know, cinema is absolutely undisputed home of powerful content, but that's very much been in the film's hands today. And what we're wanting to do is kind of start rubbing some of that off on the brands as well. So um, exploring big stories that brands want to attach themselves to or, you know, big themes that brands are already trying to discuss and, and bring that into cinema. Jules. You're co-founder of Brand Directors. Yes. Just tell us a little bit about who Brand Directors are and what you do. It's okay. Well, it's it's uh, myself and my business partner, James Hare. We uh, we work with brands on longer form branded content, ad funded campaigns, and we sit between the advertisers and the sort of best in class creatives, producers and content platforms. Um, and we work either very light touch with the production companies or we can sort of take an executive producer role but the but the what we do is there's an awful lot of branded content around the short form stuff is 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 going great guns um but for longer form it takes a slightly different mindset and so we work with these fabulous directors who tell great stories and what's your background in the industry james is is sort of was media owner side for 25 years he was at places like hearst microsoft aol condé nast so he's 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 on that media owner and advertising side i've come from content and production right from the early days of working with chris evans on channel four doing disney um i've spent nearly a decade in asia running a couple of tv channels out there and then 17 18 years at endemol shine 
um, where I worked in development, in television, in uh, digital, influencers, theatre, live events, and then eventually sort of branded content over the last three, four years. And then, and then James and I, when we both left, we, we started our company. Knowing, with all the knowledge of knowing that the TV guys, the film guys, the narrative guys are going to be approaching branded content in a slightly different way. And so what are some of the campaigns that you're most proud of working on? Last year, we worked on a documentary with uh, Ridley Scott Associates, uh, Big Boys Don't Cry, which was um, Joe Marler, the rugby player, talking about his mental health issues. And that went uh, down very well on Sky Sports. You know, we worked with the production company. We worked with uh, work, uh, the, the, all the additional content around the documentary, um, as well as sort of uh, getting other m- media owners attached to it. That was great. The project that brought us together was while I was still at Endemol, while we were both still at Endemol, was called the South Pole Energy Challenge for Shell, uh, which was following a father and son across the Antarctic. And they wanted a linear documentary, but it was for millennials. So we said, let's not do that. Let's do it on Facebook. So this 60-day non-linear documentary was made on Facebook, which we didn't know day to day whether we were going to get anything off the ice, but we managed to build this great story. And it, you know, it, it did really well for Shell uh, without them spending an awful lot of money. Which I'm assuming brands like. Yeah, yeah. We don't like that. <laughs> yeah. but, but, uh, and we have a, I mean, honestly, the, the, the big thing for us is DCM Presents. Well, let's move on to that. So Jeremy obviously introduced DCM Studios Presents. How did you get involved? We've been talking about it since just before lockdown as an idea of putting longer form branded content onto the cinema screen. So three to four minutes of storytelling on a screen that is like is the best screen in the world. And it was a, yeah, it's a nice idea. It's quite good. It just, it had something missing. So Joe Devlin, who is the proper star of any of this, told me about his work with the impact of cinema on the brain a number of years ago. I completely, I, going to lockdown, I completely forgot it all. Um, and we were having dinner about six months ago. Was it six months? Six months ago. And, uh, he reminded me of what he was doing. I literally picked, I think I tried to pick the phone up to Jeremy that night, which would have been very rude. We were having a social dinner. Uh, but we, we all got together within a day or so. And suddenly it was like, okay, now we have everything. We have, we have the media space and the, and the creative direction. We have us doing the, the content and getting the right production. And then we have proper science to show why this is such a good idea, both on the way in and on the way out and how that and whilst it's amazing on the screen in that first instance then the recall once you've seen it on the cinema so suddenly it felt like everything was in place and as with anything you sort of wonder whether is this gonna is this gonna attract the agencies will they be interested everybody has just said it's a great idea one quoting one uh, agency uh, is that it's a banging piece of media I believe that's quite a good thing. Is that yeah? That's that's quite a good thing. But yeah, so we're getting really good reactions uh, from this. Obviously, it's a it's a very different way of, of thinking. I mean, for us, it's a sort of this is a dream scenario for brand directors. It's brilliant because we have amazing creatives that work in TV, that work in film, that work in other narrative, comedy, uh, reality, radio, and so this feels like it's the chance to elevate those longer form stories onto 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 the widescreen. So you you know you suddenly you give it a home where it it deserve, that story deserves to be told. You know we can create stories that are going to challenge people's thinking, or you know we're going to we're going to create stories that are going to change perceptions, or just get people to fall back in love with something. 
you know, so it's a it's a great place because you are in that room and it's the, it's the best place to see that sort of content. You just spoke about one of your favourite pieces of work being a, a documentary series, a non-linear documentary series you create for Facebook. Hmm. How will you be approaching this differently to how you approach something like that? So what we do is is we go to the right production companies and the right creatives. I've been in production companies all my life and we tend to say yes to anything. Some <laughs> some calls you up. Now we get the chance to go, look, we should be doing this over here. We should be doing this over here. So, you know, for instance, we, you know, working with uh, Ridley Scott Associates last year, you know, we're really looking forward to going back to them and talking about doing some stuff for, for this. We work with individual directors, individual producers. So we, we either go to a production company or we go to individuals and, and, and place them together. So it's 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 just finding the right creatives for the job in hand. And what's your dream scenario project? Well, it is, it is a dream scenario project. It's, it's you know, there's, there's going to be a limited number of slots to make a fantastic cinematic film that is telling a story that people will respond to. The dream scenario is that we get great brands, great stories, and everybody's loving what goes on. So without going into specifics, what sort of brands are you hoping to chat to about this? Well, it's, it's, it's brands that have got big stories to tell, you know, and, it's, and, and it isn't for every brand. It's, it's, it's a big ask on some of these things. And, and, you know, the brand may not have the story ready to go. They, they may know the sort of things they want. We can work from a brief. But also, also with our network of creatives that we've been working with, they've all got these brilliant stories as well. And so... Two or three of the things we've done recently came from a story that was already in existence. And very often those stories have talent attached or they have an institution attached or they come from a specialism or they're a passion project. And so we've also got these great stories that can, that can be taken to brands and say, look, this may not be 100% right for you, but we can reshape it. And if the, it can come from a brief, it can come from stories that exist. But the main thing is, is to make an amazing story that works for the brand. So we're going to move on to Joe very shortly, uh, talking about the mindset of cinema goers and the science behind this. But what's unique about the cinema experience from a production point of view that brands are going to have to consider and that you're considering as well? Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's, there's, there's, there's a few things here. What we've been saying to some of the people we've been talking to already is that treat this more like a commission than the regular brief you know a lot of a lot of briefs come in you've got three days to turn it around and it sort of it feels like a almost a little bit like a conveyor belt maybe that's a rude thing to say but you know if we treat this more like a commission and as i said it can come from the brief or it can come from existing stories that work and let's not forget that a lot of directors cut their teeth get noticed making short films three four five minutes you know so it's 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 something that's in their wheelhouse already it's about spending more time on the development, allowing time to invest in the, in the development of the story, the research, potentially getting above-the-line talent involved. So, again, instead of that sort of rush to, 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 to get the story put out, let, let's make sure that it has been a little bit more like television. It's, it's had more development time. It's for cinema, so it's going to need you know, a great DOP. It's going to need a fabulous grade. It's going to have to have a proper Dolby Atmos sound mix. And that's that hero film on the screen. But equally, all those assets can be used elsewhere. So they'll be the, the main cut. If we're smart, we do a 30-second trailer to trail to the film. 
which you wouldn't normally do with a piece of branded content. So you get your 30-second trailer, you get to see your hero film, and then out the other side there are, there are shortened edits, there's extended content, there's all the social stuff that we can, we can use as well. But we're thinking that we sweat the assets all the way through, but we're thinking that right from the beginning. It's a little bit of a different mindset, and it's been, a, you know, again, we've had really positive responses from some of the agencies that we've been talking to getting that you know if you're going to put this up on the cinema it is you know it is the greatest screen it is you are going to get the attention that you give to that screen is going to be huge so let's give it the platform that it deserves joe you're professor of cognitive neuroscience at university college london never had anyone with that job title on this podcast before how did you get involved in this project yes i'm not surprised it's always um fun to be with creatives because as a scientist that's not something I get to do a lot but Jules and I were at a barbecue on the South Bank and um, had just been talking and I don't remember how it came up but we were talking about a project that I did with View Cinema about what makes the cinema experience such a powerful you know a powerful audience experience from a sort of scientific perspective and you know that's what happens at barbecues you always have those discussions So um, Jules got really excited and then he started telling me about DCM Presents and said, is there any way that we could try to leverage some of that science and put it into this kind of um, extended brand, you know, film in a way that would really get um, audiences engaged, but also the creatives who are producing it? You know, what what can you use the neuroscience for to try to enhance that, um, the content that they're producing and how will that benefit the people in the cinemas who are actually viewing these things. And that was a natural fit. So we've been talking ever since. So Jules mentioned something that kind of stuck with me. He talked about the impact of cinema on the brain. Can you go into that into more, in more detail in sort of terms that I would understand? Of course. I think that everybody knows, having been in the cinema, that it is a really powerful environment. And the question is, why? What is the science behind that? And I think that there are multiple aspects to it. One is the fact that you're in a different location than your normal existence, right? So going to the cinema is an event. You're in a special place. And one of the things that we know about the way the brain store memory is that the way you actually learn things and acquire new information is very closely related to a part of the brain called the hippocampus, which is important for spatial location. So literally being in a new location actually helps you sort of take in new information. You remember the content better being in a cinema than if you were watching, say, the same content at home on your TV or on demand or something. So there's one aspect. Another is you're in a live audience. So we don't tend to think of it that way. But of course, you're in this environment with maybe another couple hundred people. You're all experiencing it at the same time. And there's this effect that's known as sort of emotional effervescence or emotional enhancement of being with other people. So you experience the story, the narrative arc up and down in terms of the highs and lows, but that actually is enhanced. You have a stronger emotional reaction just by being around other people who are in the same sort of environment. And again, that's a unique experience in a cinema. It's also a very undistracting place. You turn off your phone. uh, There isn't other things going on competing with your attention. And one of the things that we know is that when you are switching tasks, so you're just looking at your phone and talking to somebody or doing whatever normal happens in in your life, that it takes a a real overhead on your brain. So something like 40% of what's happening you can miss if you just keep switching back and forth. You don't have any of that in the cinema, right? It's It's this quiet environment where you're fully immersed and you've got this audience, you're in a special location, and on top of that, you have this humongous screen. And one of the things that we know about vision is that literally the size of the screen 
matters in terms of how much of your brain is engaged by it. So watching it at home on your 80-inch screen is probably more impressive than your phone, but it's still nothing like being in the cinema, where you have it as full visual field and that extra brain capacity that's engaged by the screen means that you get stronger emotional reactions and you actually uh, remember the content better as well. So there are lots of things that are really unique about a cinema experience that make it a really powerful environment. So this is a unique experience that cannot be replicated anywhere else? So to some extent, it's actually replicated reasonably well in theater, live theater, right? So you have a lot of the same sort of characteristics. The only difference is you don't have a very large screen, but instead you have actual live people performing it, which has its own sort of benefits as well. So in normal day-to-day life, there's very little that sort of compares to being in the cinema. But if you're in a theater, if you're in a live experience kind of situation, some of the same characteristics are are present. So you mentioned that people uh, remember things better when they've seen it in the cinema. Can you go into a bit more detail on that, please? Sure. So there are two aspects of that. One is this unique location, and you're taking advantage of the fact that this bit of your brain called the hippocampus is important for storing new memories and for being in different locations. And the other is that it's normally in a narrative arc, right? And the narrative arc is really important for acquiring new information. So there's this amazing study that was done in the U.S. years ago with basically A&E doctors, and they had changed the rules about opiates, which are pain drugs. And if you're an A&E doctor, you prescribe pain drugs every day. This is kind of central to your job. But they had these six new principles that they needed to get across to people. And they did it in this really cool study where they either embedded it in a one-page narrative or they just gave them the six facts that they needed. And they just sort of randomly gave it to half of the participants as a narrative and half as the facts. And then at the end of the conference, they sort of quiz people on how much of the information they had remembered. The people who had it as just facts basically remembered two of the six on average. And the people who had it in a narrative remembered three out of six. So there's a 50% improvement. And it's worth bearing in mind, this is information that's relevant to them doing their job on an everyday basis. So this is things that they're highly motivated to remember anyway, which just goes to show how incredibly important narrative is for getting people new information. And of course, In the cinema environment, it's all narrative. Narrative is king. And that plays an important role in sort of encoding it into your memory. What we then see is how you retrieve it over time really makes a difference too. So when you get reminded via TV ads or or social media content or Instagram posts, whatever it is that, you know, sort of recalls it back to your your memory, that reinforces those, those memory traces and helps you keep them for a longer time, keep it a little bit fresher in your brain, makes it easier to retrieve them. So when you encode the information in a unique situation, like a cinema, and then you have these kind of periodic reminders that trail over over time, you're just reinforcing that information such that it's much easier to come to mind. And that's obviously what's really important for, for branded content, is you want people to recall not only your brand, but your relation to whatever that brand story is that you're telling. So how do you quantify the impact Uh, I mean, I'm assuming it's been very difficult to measure their impact neurologically. There are multiple ways to measure the impact. And you're right, you can do it neurologically directly, but you typically require really expensive machinery like uh, MRI scanners. So I do work with MRI scanners, but it's not something you use on a day-to-day basis because they're really inconvenient. But what we do is we just run experiments with people. So we sort of keep track of their information over time, and we sort of measure that either behaviorally But we also measure that a little bit through their biometrics. So 
more or less everybody's wearing an Apple Watch or a Fitbit or whatever these days. And it's exactly that same technology because what we can do is we can see that when people attend to things more closely, their heart rates actually drop. You know, there's that sort of sense of a heart-stopping moment. Well, that actually happens. Your heart slows down as you attend to something in your external environment. And the more successful, more interested you are, the larger the drop, and the more likely you are to remember that. And we can see that, we can quantify that by following people's memory up over time. So we use these kind of wearable biometric devices to measure these experiences for people in cinema environments because it's non-invasive, nobody minds putting on a watch, it's not a big deal. But we do get extra information beyond sort of saying, hey, do you remember what happened in this, you know, this ad or this part of the movie later? Because, you know, you can do that and it's important, but you can get extra information from their physiology, from their, their neurology, and that's an important aspect of what we're doing because people don't always tell you exactly what it is that they felt or, or thought at the time, not because they don't want to, but often it's not sort of consciously aware of it. And as a result, they struggle to tell you accurately what their experience was. So if you can capture extra information about the way their body responded, the way their mind responded, their brain responded, even if they never tell you it, then that gives us additional insight that we can use to try to understand how they engaged with the film or the branded content. So Jeremy, we've talked about the science behind it. We've talked about the creative side of it as well. When do you hope to have the first piece of branded content on screen? So we're out in market now talking to agencies. As, as I think Jules mentioned earlier, we've had really great response from the agency we've spoken to. The reality here, is, as, as Jules said, was you know, we're, we're looking to do a long kind of research time with with this so i think we've we've kind of talked around the two kind of two three month um time for that for that kind of thing so you know dream scenario two or three months time we'll we'll have something on screen and the first brands involved will get to do research as well yeah absolutely so this is you know we're obviously really excited about about the the conversations that we've had with joe and and the findings so far but we really want to explore this further um i think as as joe mentioned you know the idea that cinema is a great place to encode a memory um is something we're we're really keen to explore through all this kind of biometrics um that uh, that joe spoke about but then also we really want to explore this kind of longer tail so you know if a campaign like this is launched in cinema how long does that last within somebody's brain and, and what's the effect therefore of cinema on wider media you know we've we've talked from a media perspective about the the importance of launching landing impacting a, a kind of a campaign within um within cinema through our media research and we're really wanting to kind of explore that further with the with the science as well so it's dcm studios presents get in touch with your dcm rep now to discuss it or contact jeremy directly Thanks for joining me, Joe, Jeremy, Jules, Triple J. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Just realised. Which is an Australian radio station. Uh, shame it's not Double J's. We've got Double J's over the road. But yeah, thanks for joining me. My name's Tom. I'll be back next month on the DCM podcast. Thanks for listening.